The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to P.I.'s Declassified, an inside look at the world of private investigators. Your host is Francie Kaler, a noted private investigator. Francie and her guests take you behind the scenes and into the genuine, sometimes gritty business of investigation. You'll hear stories from the trenches with plenty of surprises. Here's your host, Francie Kaler. Good morning. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about the chase, recovering fugitives. I'm sure you've heard of bounty hunters. They're also known as fugitive recovery agents or bail enforcement agents. They have a reputation for danger and intrigue. We know we know of the fugitive played by Harrison Ford or the bounty hunter with Steve McQueen. Is it as exciting, stimulating, terrifying, or life-threatening as it is portrayed on TV and in the movies? I don't know. Rob Dick, an experienced fugitive recovery agent and licensed private investigator, is going to tell us all about it today. Let me tell you about Rob. Uh, he has over 25 years of combined law enforcement, private investigations, and private bail contract enforcement experience. He travels all 50 states and some U.S. territories to capture defendants, close cases, and participate in the extradition of fugitives from foreign countries. He's proud to say that he has successfully closed thousands of cases liability-free while saving bail bonds companies millions of dollars. Rob is a certified instructor for all kinds of things, uh, DOI and Taser International, Pepperball, and DOJ Handgun Safety for California. He also trains arrest control, law enforcement, pistols and rifles, center axis relock fire and arm systems, and I don't have any idea what that is, but he can tell us is a NRA firearms instructor, a Florida and Utah concealed carry instructor, a licensed locksmith, a surety bail bond auditor, and a notary public. He founded the Bail Education Association. He's very active legislatively on behalf of the bail bond industry. He has appeared on TV shows such as Dateline, Nancy Grace, Fox News, Dr. Phil, Geraldo, and many others. And he was also featured on National Geographic's four-part miniseries called Inside Bounty Hunters. So welcome, Rob. Thank Good you. Morning. Good morning. Thank you for joining the show today. Um, you know, um, you have such an interesting background, Rob. I know that you were uh, originally – was your original job with the Sacramento uh, County, California Sheriff's Department? Yeah, I started out with Sac County Sheriffs. Uh, my dad actually retired there after 30 years. I kind of followed in his footsteps, started in Explorers at about age 14, all the way up to where I could turn 18 and go into the academy. Uh, worked at the Sheriff's Department and all different divisions for right around seven years and then kind of transgressed into bounty hunting. And while you were at the Sheriff's Department, were you also a firearms instructor and did some of these other things? 
I was just starting to get into the training part. Um, that actually came afterwards. Um, I, I went back and worked part-time at a, at a small department and they didn't have a training instructor. So I started going out and getting all my training certificates and actually training them and then use that into the, the bail industry as well. Well, I mentioned the center axis relock firearms. Can you sit, tell us what that is? Cause I have no idea. Well, firearms training, you know, progresses as everything does over the years. And it was just kind of a new system that slowly kind of coming out as the next, I guess, transgress- transgression that used, used to be all, everybody in law enforcement fired from the firing line, like in an isosceles triangle. Then it kind of went to the modified weaver. And now I think center axis relock is just the next progression. It was developed by Paul Castle. Uh, he has a training center back in Tennessee, and I went back and became an instructor in it. And I, I just really like it. It's a very comfortable shooting stance. It, it makes your accuracy just 100 times better. And you actually use both eyes for sighting. And a little complex, but like I say, once you learn it, it's really good. Hmm. Is it, it doesn't require a different kind of weapon? No, it just kind of changes how people normally shoot. If, if, you're, if you're a shooter and have been shooting for a long time, it's kind of kind of a hard transgression because you have to switch eyes all the time. But as far as like doing building searches and what we do when we go into a house or building, it, it's great to switch from one hand to the other and coming into the rooms. And it, it's just an overall better system, in my opinion. So you carry all the time. Yes. Okay. And and you are allowed to do that because you're former law enforcement and uh, former law enforcement. Officers can carry concealed weapons without further authorization. Is that correct? Well, yes, but there's other ways that we carry as far as in bounty hunting. Um, and then, of course, that differs from state to state. So kind of yes, but also there's, you know, in, in California, there's a section of the penal code that allows us to carry openly or while we're making an arrest be armed so we use that here in california and then like i said it differs state to state some states are are open carrier concealed carrier some states need permits so it's kind of a wide range of things that allows us to carry and um wasn't there a law passed a couple years ago that uh you could carry concealed weapons if you had that uh, kind of a permit across the country well, there's a federal law for law enforcement, whether you're active law enforcement or retired. Uh, the, the law enforcement ID itself gives you concealed carry in all 50 states, yes. Okay, but that is a whole different thing than fugitive recovery. Correct. Yeah. Okay, okay. That makes sense. So then how, did, how in the world did you get from being a deputy sheriff at Sacramento County to being uh, a fugitive recovery agent? Well, actually, it's kind of a funny story. At the time, I was a lot younger, and a roommate of mine got a DUI. Um, And his dad was a homicide detective, and he had to bail him out. So him and I went down to bail him out and got introduced to the bail agent, started talking talking to him about the recovery end of it, because I had always kind of kind of had an interest in it, but at the time it was kind of hard to find out anything about it. It was kind of a close-knit group and hard to get into. What I found out, though, is that it's doing fugitive recovery is kind of like being 
with an elite warrant squad or something with a law enforcement agency. Hmm. And you get to travel everywhere. You get to do your own schedule. I mean, it's just it's just something, if you're in law enforcement, that takes years to get to that position that I do daily. And it's just, it's for me, it's great. I love it. I was just going to say, it sounds like you love it. Yeah. <laughs> it does. Okay. So um, I think probably most people don't really understand bail bond, the bail bond system and bail agents and all that. Could you explain it a little bit? Yeah, one of the things that's kind of funny about it is is that most people don't have any idea how bail works. I mean, even in school or college, you get just a couple minutes on bail in the Constitution, but you don't really understand it unless you end up bailing someone out, a loved one or a friend, or, or something like that happens to yourself. Um, another thing I kind of think is funny is, even though I went through a full academy that was 900 and so many hours, of instruction, law enforcement has no training or anything about bail or bounty hunters or bail agents, anything either. I mean, nobody has exposure to it. So the field itself is a constant educational process that we try to explain to anybody that will listen just so they understand it. Um, here in California, to bail out every crime, well, across the nation, every crime has a dollar amount associated with it, and that's the penal bail amount. In California, if you go through a commercial bail agent, it's 10%. The person has to pay a bail agent to get that loved one out of jail. And it's basically the same throughout the nation, but some states are 15%, some are 10%. Um, there's different percentages, but it's basically the same. And, and the, bail amount is, the bail amount is actually set by the charge uh, against the, uh, against the yeah. alleged defendant. Correct. The, the judges make what's called a bail schedule, and every single crime has a dollar amount. That's the penal bail amount. For example, maybe an assault and battery is $10,000. So a loved one would take $1,000, 10%, to a bail agent to bail that person out. And as long as they went to mm -hmm. court and did all of what they're supposed to, that's the end of it. Yeah, it was kind of like a service fee to get them out. That's how the bail agent makes money. If the person fails to appear the liability or exposure to both the bail agent and that person that got them out is the penal bail amount, meaning that full $10,000 in that case. Wow. Really? Okay. And sometimes people put up their homes, too, and lose their homes because of that. Right. They, you know, if they put up a house or property for collateral uh, and the person doesn't go to court and then they can't find them or bring them back into the court system or into custody – then yeah, they will. The bail agent will actually take whatever the collateral was or whatever has to happen to pay that amount. Because when that amount's due to the court, they have to pay it. I have some more questions about this, Rob. Uh, but we need to take a quick break. Uh, Rob Dick is a fugitive recovery agent or a bounty hunter. He's here to talk to us, and we'll be right back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified. Trying to juggle the need for comprehensive data on a tight budget, Merlin's Investigators Package was created especially for investigative and law enforcement professionals. With the Investigators Package, you'll enjoy tremendous savings over Merlin's pay-per-search pricing. For less than $100 per month, you can access the premium databases most frequently used by investigative professionals. Merlin's Investigators Package, simply the best, most affordable option for research and investigation. To learn more, call 800-367-6646 or email sales at merlindata.com. Free trials are available. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. Rob Dick is a fugitive recovery agent, and he's here to talk about his field and his experiences. He's also a licensed private investigator. Um, and, Rob, you were talking about the bail bond system. Um, you just told me an amazing figure for just Sacramento County. Could you tell our audience about that? Well, California as a whole has a relatively high bail schedule where dollar amounts are quite high for different crimes. Sacramento County alone just at the county itself, every single month there's $15 million in bail posted. That's just astonishing. And and so when is it that, you know, I know some people put up their homes and they put up other kinds of collateral besides cash. When is it that, they, that the bond is forfeited? Well, a lot of people think that they only have to go to their first court date or something like that. And bail, when a bail bond is put down and the person gets out of jail – that bail bond is active for the entire case. They have to make every appearance. If they fail to appear, that starts a time clock of, in California, it's six months. Some states have 10 days, 30 days, 40 days. Here in California, we have six months. We have to find them and get them back into either the court or the jail within that six-month time period, or the court will issue what's called a summary judgment, and the full bond amount would be due to the court. Hmm. Wow. And so if you, 
if you're in a state that you only have 10 days, that's nothing. That's no, no time at all. Yeah, um, they they have what's called a remitter. California, we don't have a remitter. Uh, in a state that has a remitter, let's say they have 10 days to find them, get them back in. They don't find them after this 10 days. They have to pay the full dollar amount. And then with the remitter, they have so many years to still look for them and put them in, and then they will get a percentage back. The sooner they find them, the more they'll get back. And it can be one, five, ten years. So so it kind of makes up for it that way. And in California, once six months is up, if we don't get an extension, which we're allowed maybe one for another six months, once the time's up, that's it. We have to pay, and there's no more time to get any money back. That's amazing. And so then you're hired by the bonding company. Correct. The bonding company, when they can't find the person or they just don't want to look for them, that's not their job, they will hire somebody like me to cure the situation, either find them, get them back into custody, get them back into court, um, something along that nature. And I was surprised, Rob, in, in talking to you, um, you. You held a little training class um, at your, your training site in Sacramento. I was uh, surprised to hear that most of your locates, you call them locates, are, you know, maybe a phone call telling them to come back, coming, come back into court and so you don't lose your bail. Yeah, a lot of people just don't understand. You know, either they think that, oh, I only had to go to court one time or they miss court and don't understand that there's a procedure to get them back into court and get them back on track. They just think, oh, the world's ending, you know, I miss court, now I've got a warrant, people are looking for me. And, and they just kind of run this lifestyle of running, having to look over their shoulder. And when you explain it to them that, you know, A, it's never going to go away, we're going to have to deal with it at some point, and mm-hmm. B, there's a monetary loss if you don't do it soon, then a lot of people just come back in or we get them back into the court system and they just continue on with their case. And that cures the forfeiture so no one has to pay the bond amount. Interesting. Interesting. So what percentage do you think where you actually, um, I mean, you know, our orientation, I'm sure my uh, the listeners here will agree with me, our orientation is dog the bounty hunter. So <laughs> so all, all we see is what's on TV. Yeah. And you're telling me that that isn't a typical scenario at all no i i I mean Dwayne's show is kind of i mean it's not really reality Uh, a lot of a lot of the things he's a bail agent they bail people out and then they go surrender him a lot of times a lot of times they haven't even missed court it's something that they haven't called into the office or kept in contact and then a lot of the I mean, I've, I've done TV shows, too, and, of course, all the TV shows want to see action and running. And, you know, most bail arrests are simple. There's not a whole lot to them. You go out, the guy knows he didn't go to court. You just take him back into custody. It's not really that big of a deal. I mean, if you start two houses away and start yelling at the guy, hey, I'm going to take you to jail, of course he's going to run. And that mm. makes good TV, you know. So, I right. mean, it's just a situation of, in reality, in real life, we have to do it to not create a liability because this industry as far as future recovery is just filled with liability i mean we carry firearms you know Dwayne's a felon he, he can't carry a firearm so it's just it's just not the same 
Okay, and you're talking about uh, Dwayne uh, Dog the Bounty Hunter's real first name is Dwayne. Yeah, Dwayne. Ch- <coughs> Excuse me, Dwayne Chapman. Yeah. Yeah, and okay, so <clears throat> when you um, say you go out to knock on a door, what happens then? How do you well, that? well, here, here's kind of in a nutshell how it works. We we try to figure out what what the basis is, you know, as far as why the guy missed court. You know, it, it's handled differently depending upon what my research finds out. Did he miss court just because he's been going to court and, oops, he mixed up the days? That may be a phone call. If it's a situation where he's gone to court for, say, six to eight months and the day he missed was the day he was going to get sentenced to 20 years in prison, then it's probably going to be handled a little different. I mean, that's he missed a, on purpose, yeah, you know. That's he, a red flag. Yeah. And so a lot of times it's either going and making a phone call, just knocking on the door and kind of hitting them straight up. Or if we think that it's a situation where he's just not going to take care of it, then it's usually some kind of ruse or scam call or, or basically a setup. You know, we set them up and just pick them up. Okay. Okay. And then when you pick them up, what happens then? Once they're taken into custody, they're transported to the local jail or the case. In the case of a, a or he's picked up in one city and his warrant or case is actually out of another jurisdiction, then we transport them to wherever they need to go. And to that local jail and turn them in? Is that what happens? Yeah, if, for example, the case is out of Sacramento and the guy's located in Sacramento, we just go down to the Sacramento County Jail and just have him turn himself into his warrant. I mean, he gets booked in and the warrant gets cleared and then he has to start over. He can rebail or he can stay in custody and finish his case. Either way, the forfeited bond is exonerated. If, for example, we pick somebody up in Sacramento on, let's say, a Los Angeles case, then we transport him to Los Angeles and book him in down there. And who pays that fee, Rob? Well, the, the great thing about bail is, is that it's 100% tax-free. Every expense, every cost, everything is paid for by either the defendant or the person that got him out of jail. It's all billed directly back to whoever got him out and the defendant themselves. Okay, so so somebody puts up a bond, say it's a... It's a two hundred thousand dollar bond. So they're going to put up ten percent. Yes, they're going to pay twenty grand probably, or so much down in payments. But they're going to end up the cost is going to be twenty grand. They may have to put up collateral, say a lien on a house or property, okay, to, to cover the rest of it. Um, if they fail to appear, we're allowed to bill up to that penal amount. So we could actually spend two hundred thousand looking for that person. If we never found them and we still had to pay the court, that cosigner that put them up would actually be liable for the expenses up to the penal amount being two hundred thousand, and if the bond had to be paid, the additional two hundred thousand. So technically, wow. that person out, yeah, they're on the hook if that person takes off and couldn't be found for four hundred thousand. I that's interesting. I've never heard that before. Yeah, and, and that's California specifically. Some mm-hmm. states are different. Some some is only allowed the actual amount. But any kind of expenses incurred, uh, i can give you an example real quick. We chased a, a child molester that had a child molester case and fled 
and left uh, Oroville, went all the way to Guam. And we chased him kind of all over the place, eventually took him into custody in Guam. Did you really? And, yeah, that, that bill back to which was his mother ended up being 28000 Amazing. And so what did you run into in Guam? Did you have to, um, you must have had to jump through some unusual hoops to get him back. Well, and usually in like Guam being an island, we, we work with closely with the law enforcement and let him go into custody there. And then he will go through the regular extradition process. He actually got transported back by Con Air, just kind of like the movie, the federal yeah. system. <laughs> you know. yeah, they, they operate an airline just like that, and they bring cons all over the place and people that are charged with crimes that have to be extradited. Yeah. So we put him in custody locally with, with the Actually, it was the FBI over there. They had an office, and they took him into custody there at the local police station. He f- actually fought extradition for 30 days, and then they found out it was him, obviously, and transported him back to be sentenced and go to prison. Sure. Now, do you ever, um, like, for instance, if you're searching for somebody uh, that it, that fled from Sacramento and they you find out they're in Colorado someplace. Do you actually transport them back to Sacramento, or or do you arrest them? Are they arrested in Colorado and go through the extradition process that way? It depends. It depends on a couple things. One, it, it depends on the severity of the crime. If it's a felony and it's in what's called NCIC, where any cop in the nation can see the warrant, a lot of times, yeah, we'll let them go right there. Uh, Depending again on the laws of that state in particular or that jurisdiction, law enforcement might be involved and they will just take him and then they will deal with the extradition. Um, a lot of agencies and states are just, they understand the bail system and they're like, yeah, you got him and we know what he has to go and he's released us and we just bring him back. So it, it, it depends on a lot of factors, the severity of the crime, the jurisdiction that they're in and their laws and whether we can book them locally or whether we have to bring them all the way back. So it's happened okay, both would, ways. Would, yeah. Would you explain what NCIC is? Uh, NCIC is just basically a computer system. It's the national system that law enforcement, if, say, you have a warrant out of California and it's a felony, entered into NCIC, and you got pulled over in Colorado and he checked you for warrants, he would see your California warrant and be able to take you into custody. Uh, misdemeanors, mm-hmm. for example, aren't entered into NCIC. Anybody outside the state of California couldn't even see them. Okay. We're going to take another break, Rob. More with Rob Dick and Fugitive Recovery in just a couple minutes. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call one 800 350 C-A-L-I. 
For a national association, Francie's Choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified. A heavy caseload and a lack of resources. Sound familiar? Merlin's Locate Services team can help. After 30 years in the investigative business, Merlin knows a few things about the industry. Our team of expert skip tracers delivers a host of skip tracing, public record research, place of employment, and bank asset services to investigative and collection professionals. Competitive tiered pricing is available, and all results are 100% guaranteed. To learn more or to inquire about other professional skip trace services, log on to MerlinData.com or call 800-367-6646. IRB Search is simply the best online data provider for locating people, businesses, and assets. IRB Search gives you strength in numbers. With one click, you can access billions of records. Even with partial information on your subject, IRB Search instantly returns current and past addresses, phone numbers, and more. Call IRB Search today at 1-800-447-2112 to sign up. Mention PIs Declassified and you'll receive a two-week trial of 100 free searches to get started. Call one 800-447-2112 to find out why IRB Search is simply the best. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. My guest today, Rob Bick, is talking all about being a fugitive recovery agent, or as we know them, as bounty hunters. And I understand we have a caller on the line. Charles, are you there? Yes, Francie, I'm here. Okay, this is Charles Rafferty. You have a question, Charles. Yes, as a fugitive recovery agent myself, um, we were given some new light to that the industry is going to open up in Oregon, where that um, the sheriff's departments were not going to monitor um, bailouts and it will go to private again. Um, what, what does this look like to you, as far as uh, everybody and their brother joining in and open up mom and pop shops, and then the almighty bounty hunter that, uh, and I use Dwayne also as a bad example. And it's a scary field. What what do you see happening up there in Oregon? Well, Oregon, you know, has been a non-commercial bail state for many years, along with Illinois and Kentucky to a point. Um, I'm not aware that it is going to come back. I know they've been trying, and they were hoping to get it passed this last year. Um, If it does, it's just going to open up just like another state. I mean, it'll be commercial bail. I mean, there's over 2,500 bail agents and Mini bail recovery in California. It's it's just going to be a fresh state, and hey, I, I'm all for the bail system. I mean, it, it's accountability, 
you know, uh, pretrial release, things like that, the programs that let people out of jail. There's really no accountability. If they don't go to court, a warrant gets issued, law enforcement's already overworked, and they just don't get picked up. I mean, Sacramento alone has over 250,000 felony warrants active all the time. So the commercial bail industry has accountability. If a person doesn't go to court, there's a monetary loss. So, yes, someone will go pick them up and put them back in the system. Yeah, but what I'm afraid of is, is the anybody I can do this uh, person. I have a lot of training and degrees, and I've been in the executive uh, protection program for a long time. I mean, it's just a scary field. That, well, now, um, let me stop you right there. Let me explain to you that the bail agent themselves is the only one that has that power. Okay, they have to be licensed with the state, right? And bail, bounty hunters and bail recovery doesn't exist unless the bail agent gives that person the power. Right. So we have to police our own industry. You know, you okay. as a licensed bail agent don't hire someone that's going to be a liability. I see. Yeah. Thanks well. for your question, Charles. Appreciate Alrighty. you calling in. So, um, Rob, I, I wanted to to get into some of your interesting stories, if you have some to tell. I know you do. Um, and I'll, I'll just let you take the lead on that. Well, to me, I don't know. I don't know if it's interesting as much, but to me, I think what I enjoy about it is it's a big uh, game of chess. You know, it, it's it's like hunting the ultimate game. You know, you're competing against someone who doesn't want to go back to court, someone who doesn't want to be found. So you have to beat them at their own game, and you always have to win. And to me, that's just the thrilling part of it. Uh, the second part to it is is that you find some kind of scary things. Like in, in this day and age, you would think that anybody that goes into custody, you know, the law enforcement IDs them, they know who they are, and, you know, no problem. Uh, their, their warrants are served and whatever. I, I can't begin to tell you how many people that have an active warrant or have missed court in one jurisdiction might be serving time in another jurisdiction. Hmm. And that's when the real puzzle comes. You know, I mean, I, I had a guy that, you know, his mom and girlfriend were getting collect calls from a jail in Idaho. Well, mom and girlfriend are the only two people that are going to get calls from the same defendant. I mean, you know, he's, there's nobody else <laughs> going to be calling those two people. So right. I'm calling the jail and saying, hey, you know, do you have this guy? No, no, no. Well, I'm telling you, he's in the, he's in the jail. And they said, no, we ID'd everybody. We know who they are. And it took me physically going to the jail in Idaho with a booking photo of the defendant talking to the technical guy that could tell me where the actual phone was located in the jail, what cell, and then having the booking officer walk over to the cell and hold the photo up and look. And Interesting. completely amazed he'd been there for six months under another name serving the sentence. They couldn't figure out how that possibly could happen. Because they would have run his prints, they should have been able to identify him, correct? Correct. That's what I mean. It, it absolutely amazes me how kind of people fall through the cracks. And, mm. You know, when we're looking for somebody and they've completely vanished, I mean, just completely, then it's time to start looking in custody somewhere. Well, you were telling me um, <clears throat> a couple of months ago how you uh, and a couple other guys took a road trip um, around to different states picking up fugitives. Sounds like a kind of a glorified trip, field trip, but um, it sounds like you had some pretty good success there. 
Yeah, if we have to go long distances, we try to set it up to where it's kind of just a go here, pick one up, move on to the next one, and kind of make a big full circle. And two summers ago, four of us spent 28 days in a van. Slept in hotels a couple nights, but a lot of time it was on the road, switching drivers. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that commercial where the, the diva, you know, give him a Snickers because, yeah, four guys right. in a van. <laughs> it gets a little uncomfortable after a while. It's not... It's hard not to get on each other's nerves, but um, we went across country and basically we picked somebody up in, I remember still, Ohio, um, Boston, South Carolina, Miami, Dallas, Phoenix, Los Angeles, and back. And it's just kind of going to one town, grabbing somebody, put them in custody locally, and move on to the next one. It was just kind of a constant thing, and before you know it, 20-some-odd days have gone by. Amazing. So, on a scale of 1 to 10, how dangerous is this work? Well, I would say that when you're going to pick someone up, it always can be dangerous. Um, so, we, we approach everything the same with safety in mind. Mm-hmm. You, you never know what's in a guy's head. Um, one of the chases, here's a story real quick, one of the chases that, was actually featured on one of the Nat Geo shows, National Geographic shows, was a chase involving a Samuel Gonzalez. Um, we went after him. He uh, had failed to appear on two $20,000 bonds. Uh, he actually ended up getting out of the house in a little foot chase and everything. We, we took him into custody. He was, uh, it was on a violation of parole, so he did a year in prison. When he got out five months later, he killed his girl, new girlfriend and two kids that she had and then killed himself. Now, it's quite shocking to us, you know, as dangerous as he was, you know, when we go pick him up, it's just a regular, he, he missed court, you know, we're going to pick him up, no big deal. Hmm. Well, come to find out he had killed another female some years before that. Wow. Um, so just to, the example of why this can be dangerous is we're just going to pick him up on just for missing court he has no idea in his mind. Maybe he thinks we're there because we figured out he was a murderer, you know. Sure. So what's he going to do? And that and that's probably why he ran so hard, you know, is he's had that in his background. So you never know every time you go to the door. So, well, this begs the question. So if he killed himself, then, of course, his bond was forfeited as well, right? No, he wasn't on bail the second time. Oh, he wasn't. Okay. Yeah, we had actually put him in and he did his time and then. Then he committed a crime and killed himself. But if that happened, would the bill would be forfeited? Well, in California, that's kind of where the old saying, dead or alive, comes in. <laughs> okay. Um, if we can prove, meaning you find the body, uh, then you're okay. That's an exoneration. You get the bond exonerated. The uh, I had a, a guy that bailed out by his mom, Miss Court, went to talk to mom about where he was at. She said he jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge committed suicide and so i'm thinking you know please don't tell me the sharks ate him you know because yeah. yeah we would have a problem she said no they had his death certificate and they found his body and i huh. said well unfortunately you know I'm, I'm sorry for your loss but the court really doesn't care if i can get a copy of that death certificate i can file a motion and save the bond so you don't have to pay on top of it and that's what i did oh that's good yeah. and, and you have the power to do that yeah, well, there, there's several ways to file a motion with the court to exonerate if there's circumstances like of that nature to exonerate the bond where nobody has to pay. I mean, it's understandable. Yeah, okay. 
And then in that case, who pays your fees? Well, whenever we get hired by the bail agent, they're going to pay us for solving their problem. Um, typically, it's kind of the same industry standard. Everybody kind of charges 10% to go pick up. You know, So basically, on a bail bond, the bail agent has taken 10% of the penal amount, and it's a loss for them when the guy runs. Uh-huh. So on 100000 I get hired by him. He's going to pay me ten grand so that he doesn't have to pay that hundred grand. Okay, so he's going to pay me my fee of ten grand. Now that can change depending upon how long he waited to call me. You know, if in California we have six months, if he waits till he's got three days left, then I'm probably going to charge him about forty grand. But forty grand is better than a hundred. So All right, All right, interesting. Um, what else can you tell us? Can you? Is there any other cases that com, uh, particularly come to mind? Although uh, we are going to have to take a break here shortly, but <laughs> go ahead if you <laughs> if you have one. Well, the one thing that I just think is also kind of you know this isn't really a job; it's more of a lifestyle. Because when you leave, sure, we're, why we're okay here? Why we're so successful? Not saying that law enforcement isn't, but law enforcement works a set time from you know eight to five or whatever their shift is, and they get a paycheck. We don't get paid unless we catch the guy. So if I leave to go out to mom's house to talk about Junior that's on the run here in Sacramento, and she says, well, here's where he's staying in Siskiyou County and up in Wairika, you know, four hours north of me, then I'm on the road. I'm not going back home. I'm just going straight there. So it's just one of those things that when you leave, you always take a bag because you never know how many days you're going to be gone. Okay, let's take a break with that. Stay tuned for more from Rob Dick. We'll return in just a second. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. A heavy caseload and a lack of resources. Sound familiar? Merlin's Locate Services team can help. After 30 years in the investigative business, Merlin knows a few things about the industry. Our team of expert skip tracers delivers a host of skip tracing, public record research, place of employment, and bank asset services to investigative and collection professionals. Competitive tiered pricing is available, and all results are 100% guaranteed. To learn more or to inquire about other professional skip trace services, log on to MerlinData.com or call 800-367-6646. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified. 
Trying to juggle the need for comprehensive data on a tight budget, Merlin's Investigators Package was created especially for investigative and law enforcement professionals. With the Investigators Package, you'll enjoy tremendous savings over Merlin's pay-per-search pricing. For less than $100 per month, you can access the premium databases most frequently used by investigative professionals. Merlin's Investigators Package, simply the best, most affordable option for research and investigation. To learn more, call 800-367-6646 or email sales at merlindata.com free trials are available streaming live the leader in internet talk radio voiceamerica.com you're listening to PI's Declassified with Francie Kaler you can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. Rob Dick, a fugitive recovery agent and private investigator, is discussing his intriguing job of tracking fugitives. Uh, so, Rob, I kind of cut you off midstream a minute ago. Go ahead with what you were saying. Uh, oh, I think about travel. <laughs> <laughs> um, about travel. Yeah. yeah, you just you know you just never know. I mean, I I describe it as a a lifestyle and b going to all the exciting places but not having a lot of time to do anything. Um, example of that would be the first time I had ever been to Hawaii. I'd never been there before and had a fugitive go to Hawaii, landed. And usually when we fly, we set our, our return date three or four days later, you know, so that we can have some time to find them, get them in custody, do whatever we have to do. In this case, fly to Hawaii, meet with the local law enforcement, go out to the house. He's basically in custody within 45 minutes. So I'm thinking I got about three or four days in Hawaii. Well, just as work would have it, the the guy I was working with switched the flight. I actually transported him back. So he said, yeah, go back and pick him up and uh, head back. So I was actually on the island a total of eight hours the first time. Oh, great. I didn't get to do anything. (laughs) That's too bad. Well, I know you can only speak to California, but would you mind giving the qualifications for uh, what it takes to be a bail recovery agent or a fugitive recovery agent? Yeah, um, what I would suggest for people that are listening is is that you have to check with your local state and see what the requirements are. For example, California, we're not a licensed state, and currently we we had a law for 10 years that required some kind of training. Uh, currently, we're kind of open again, kind of the Wild West. We don't have any training requirements at the moment. Um, as I said earlier, that the bail agent has to give the person as the bounty hunter or bail recovery the power to go do what they do. So it's up to the bail agent to make sure that they are hiring someone that's properly trained or has experience or something that's not going to create a liability or a lawsuit. Um, state to state, though, it's different. Uh, Nevada is actually a licensed state. I'm licensed in Nevada. Nevada's requirements, you have to go through a training program, you have to pass their bail examination, you actually even have to go take a psychological test, just like being in law enforcement, and pass a a drug test. I mean, so they have actual training requirements. Washington's another uh, licensed state. So state to state, it's completely different. Um, 
So do you mean to say that in some states you could just hang up a shingle and say you're a bounty hunter and that's it? That's all you need to do? Yes and no. Yes, you can, but you can't actually do the job unless you're – I mean, a bail agent has to give you that power. Um, the, the laws require that a, bail, a licensed bail agent who bailed the person out either has to go do this themselves or if they're going to hire someone, then they give someone the power basically to go do the arrest. So it's up to mm-hmm. them to make sure that they don't hire someone that's not trained or doesn't have the experience. Because they would be carrying the liability if it went wrong. Correct. If they got, if they get a, law, a lawsuit, I mean, it travels right uphill. I mean, it can put a bail bond company out of out of business by having a lawsuit against them and the surety. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how about um, um, can you? I mean, can an ex felon, a former felon, be a bail bond agent? I mean, that would seem kind of crazy. Uh, well, Dwayne is. No. Oh, <laughs> yeah. well, that's that's, that's uh, right. Yeah, depending upon the state law, yes and no. Um, in California, uh, yeah, there's you could be you could be an ex felon and be either a bail agent or bail recovery bounty hunter. Um, obviously, other things happen. You, you know, you can't if you're a felon, you can't carry a firearm. And right. in in this job, I, I think that it's just not really feasible or, or smart to to do this job without carrying lethal, less lethal, you know, things like that. Because, I mean, and sometimes it, 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 it can get very serious. Well, I'm looking at your – you have a um, postcard that you put, have put together for your business. And um, it sounds like the recommendation that you would make would be, first of all, somebody has to be 18 and without any felonies, any felony conviction, uh, complying with uh, – uh, some training requirements, bail education, um, powers to arrest, and with uh, the peace officers' tra- standards and training, and uh, complete another powers and arrest course through our state regulatory agency in California. Correct. Well, that, that was part of what was Penal Code 1299, and that was in effect from 2000 to 2010. Uh, it's actually rolled off the you know, the books, and that's not around anymore. So those requirements aren't necessarily required. Still suggested. Um, mm-hmm. you got to have some kind of training, and you better know the bail system. I mean, in, in this industry, as bail recovery or bounty hunter, you can end up in jail yourself real quick if you don't know the rules. Okay. Well, Rob, it's delightful talking to you. And um, do you have any last thoughts you'd like to tell our listeners? Uh, if you're interested. Come see me. I teach the training. Get you yeah. into this industry. Yeah. Okay. Now, <laughs> hey, by the way, do you know that there's a winery uh, called Bounty Hunter in Napa? Yeah. 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 Give. I guess I'm giving him a little plug. Bounty Hunter <laughs> Wine and Provisions. Uh-huh. When I was uh, doing research on bounty hunters, I found this, and I thought it was pretty, pretty interesting. They have. Uh, uh, Things called justice and broken spur and, huh. yeah. and jurisprudence and vigilante. <laughs> <So> <laughs> anyway, um, thank you again. Thank you so much, uh, Rob. It's very interesting to learn about this whole area that I, I had no knowledge about personally. Um, and I just want to say our featured sponsor for the week is Brownyard Programs Insurance for Private Investigators and Security Professionals. 
If you're interested, contact Brownyard at www.brownyardprograms.com. And that's all one word, B-R-O-W-N-Y-A-R-D programs.com. Upcoming in the next few weeks, I will have C.D. Naidu from Malaysia discussing online love scams. Uh, Jennifer Magnahay, who is also a fugitive recovery agent, and she's going to be giving the female perspective. Joy Piscatelli, who is a victim of sex abuse by a priest and actually handled his own court case in California, representing himself and prevailed, will be on the show soon. And um, hopefully we'll have more interesting programs of private investigators or related cases that you would be interested in. So again, Rob, uh, bounty hunting, or as the better word is, I think, fugitive recovery agent. Um, and if people are, are interested in learning more about bounty hunters, where would they find that National Geographic series? You know? Um. I believe National Geographic actually has some of the shows online. Uh, they still air them every once in a while. Uh, otherwise, I actually have the DVDs for sale. <laughs> but, <laughs> for sale. Okay. Yeah. If somebody wanted to contact you, how would they do that? Uh, probably the best way is through the BEAclass.com. It's the Bell Education Association school that I run. Okay. And that's www.beaclass.com. Beaclass.com. Okay, and there's a place they can order them? Yeah, there's a, there's a store on there. Okay. They can okay. videos themselves. Cool. I might, might I'll just order it myself. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much again, Rob. All right. Again, tune in next week as we declassify more real stories from real investigators. It's PIs Declassified. I'm Francie Kaler. Thanks so much for listening. You've been listening to P.I.'s Declassified with your host, Francie Kaler. Tune in every Thursday at noon Eastern Time. That's 9 a.m. for you West Coast listeners. P.I.'s Declassified explores stories of deceit, mystery, and detectives unraveling the truth. Every Thursday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, here on the Voice America Variety Channel.